Hey friends, this is Lauren Sontag and welcome to Faith Without a Filter. Just to give you an update from our last episode of our foster care journey, um, literally the day after we recorded and submitted out or sent out the podcast, we received uh, two uh, sweet little girls that are now living in our home. Um, we have a fourth grader and an eighth grader. Um, and uh, that's about as much as I want to tell you because it's their story to tell. Um, but if you want to be praying for us, we are adjusting to life, uh, going from no kids to now three kids, if you count our foreign exchange students. So we have a, there's a lot of, um, is it estrogen in our home, um, right now? Um, Michael, you can pray for Michael. He needs all the prayer he can get with, uh, for, uh, young ladies in our house and I'm considering myself one of those young ladies so um just pray for us that we would continue to adjust to life and that God would continue to provide as he already has in so many ways um from the schools that they're going to um to the teachers that are at those schools and taking care of them there um but also to the favor we've had with uh workers and with managers and with friends and family at church that are just helping us uh, fill our home with toys and fun things that we never had before. So um, just keep praying for us and uh, thank you for listening last week. And if uh, you don't know what we're talking about and you want to hear more about our foster care journey, you can go back to episode number one, Fast Paced Foster Care with Lauren and Michael. Um, But today, our guest is one of my best friends here in Houston, Texas. Her name is Miss Stephanie Dossett, and she is the youth and media pastor at our church, Christ Church Assembly of God. Um, And uh, we're going to talk about being pastor's kids today. Um, And so I hope that you will enjoy our conversation. Welcome to episode two, Stephanie Dossett. How are you today? Fantastic, friend. How are you today? I'm excited to be here. Oh, yes. We're, well, I'm excited to talk about being pastor's kids because I think it's yes. a, we are a unique breed of people yes. that I think people don't realize how hard our job is <laughs> as kids. Yeah. Um, I know I grew up, my dad was a pastor, but he was, he wasn't always a, like the main pastor. He started out as a minister of music and education and then ended up adding on youth and uh becoming the interim youth and then nobody wanted to get hired so (laughs) they began you know he just began picking up all these little odd jobs and then um when i was in ninth grade we actually planted a church where he was the pastor um so i know the ins and outs of the ministry world um and so i just want to hear your perspective on it because um you tell us a little bit about yourself and your life as a pastor's kid well i have been a pastor's kid for 28 years you never grow out of it unfortunately um i'm forever known as bob's daughter and diane's daughter there you go um yes my my first name is stephanie i always used to say um i'm (laughs) i'm lauren i'm I'm Brother Steve's yes, daughter, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Exactly, sure. yeah. So, but uh, I had the huge blessing of being a pastor's kid and actually still following the Lord. We are a rare breed in that. Oh, for sure. Um, but the real thing that was really cool about me is that we never bounced around from church to church. My parents came in as youth pastors and stayed as youth pastors. Then they went to 
Uh, my dad um, became associate pastor and then he turned into senior pastor. And growing up in the same church was good for consistency. I think that's one of the reasons why I didn't completely lose my mind was right. that at least there was the consistency of staying at the yeah. church. It wasn't like God wasn't the only consistent yes, thing exactly. necessarily. <laughs> yes, and the people, I guess that is smart. Yes, exactly. But being a pastor's kid has been a lot of fun, a lot of chaos. Um, it's been hard. It's not easy. Um, they made a TLC show about the craziness of pastor kids. Really? They I've really never did. seen that. Yeah, um, none of them are obviously still Christians, but yes. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing we've talked about before, just you and I in our friendship in real life is like, just how did we get to be the lucky, <laughs> like or lucky, how did we keep our faith in the middle of this, right? Like we hear so many people that are pastor's kids that go wild or pastor's kids that just denounce the faith altogether or like turn their back on the church. But I think both of us really have a heart and a love, not only for God, which is number one, but even for his church and for his people. And we ended up both, you know, serving in church and really um, joining the family business is how I like yes. to call it sometimes. Um, so I guess let's just start out with this. Like, tell me what was your favorite thing about being a minister's kid? Favorite thing was having the missionaries in our home, just getting to sit and talk with like modern day heroes of the faith and hear their stories. Um, that was my absolute favorite. Right. Like the inside scoop, yes. like they would speak on Sundays, yes. but they were coming home yeah, they ate dinner and with ate us. dinner yes. with you. Yeah, exactly. for sure. And you got to spend the night and hear all the exactly. stories they wouldn't tell from a pulpit. Exactly. Yeah, yes. for sure. Um, what was, um, so like, can you think of a, well, what was your least favorite thing about being a minister's kid? Um, probably the people that would just pop up in our home unannounced. Oh. Yeah. That's actually one of my best pastor kid stories. We had someone that stayed with us uh -huh. uh, for a couple weeks. And um, whenever they left, we were shopping to help build their home. And we were going down the uh, bath aisle and they found a loofah. And they were like, oh, I loved using this in the shower. And that was the moment. I, I mean, I died inside. That moment as a pastor's kid stole my soul because they had been using something that I had been using and they didn't tell me that. They had it. been using yes, your loofah. Yes, my loofah, which gets everywhere. And so, yes. Oh, my Yeah, and goodness. so I still, that person still attends our church, but I still can't look at them the same. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I really not... want to know who it is, but I promise listeners, she has not told no, me who this tell. person is. Nope. She is keeping your secret, whoever you may be. Maybe, mm. I don't know. This nope. is, that is a little too much of a personal invasion. Like, that is taking personal invasion of space to a Yes. whole new yes. level yeah. please tell me threw it away afterwards. oh i did and, and then my mom had a running joke burned it me. burned mm -hmm. it yes. yes no but my mom had a running joke she still has this running joke where she buys me loofahs all the time i have like five or six just like in my bathroom i'm right pretty now. sure i made a saran wrap ball at christmas <laughs> and, that, there, was, and there was a loofah in it because i wanted i knew the story already <laughs> oh god that is funny i know like for sure there are times where people know a little bit too much about you always. i know um, I'm always jealous of when your dad talks about giving you $5 every time your name is mentioned in a sermon. Um, yes. Is that even on the ones that he pre-approves? 
So it, it's anytime he name drops, story drops, anything for anyone. Okay. So it doesn't even have to be from the stage. It can be from like a devotional he's leading at a pastor's meeting. Oh. And that actually didn't start until about three or four years ago. Oh, really? And so I have not reaped the fruit from all of them. Yeah. I mean, I'm 28, going to be 29. I could have years of stories. Oh, I know. I've provided him a lifelong career. Like he could use all of this right. stuff. Like you know? all pastors, you need to yes. take this note that we would love – you know what? I bet pastor's kids would have stayed true to the faith a little yes, bit longer if they got $5 for every time they were talking about it. I don't, I cannot tell you the number of times my parent, my mom or my dad has used me mm-hmm. as an example in a sermon and has told the whole world, yeah. like, or the whole church at least, that I was better disciplined by shutting me in a room than spanking me because I hated being alone. Yeah. Um, and so... <laughs> Now you know a little bit more about me, um, but too bad my dad's already gone. So he is in heaven and I will be reaping those benefits yes. when we get back to heaven together. So, um, well, um, one thing that I was thinking of, like, you know, do you, and this is partly a hard thing. And that's why I wanted to call this podcast Faith Without a Filter is because I wanted to have conversations, real conversations about faith. And honestly, my dad was a part of that because that was one of my favorite things about my relationship with my dad was getting to call and have theological discussions with him or um, just faith talk about things that I'm struggling with or things that I don't understand about scripture and why God would do this or that. And so um, one thing that I wanted to ask you was like, can you think of a moment growing up where you feel you missed out on having your mom or dad because they were Pastor Bob and Pastor Diane or um, just pastors in general? So I'm also, again, very thankful that I didn't feel like I missed out on anything, but I do feel like the love was shared. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. just, it wasn't, my parents always took time for me, always tucked me to bed, always the whole thing, but that love was always shared. There was always, you know, and that's not a bad thing. My parents not at all ever neglected me, but it's the thing where it, there was never just when we did ministry time, it was always ministry with somebody. When we did mealtime, it was always mealtime with somebody. And so those are things that you do have to sacrifice being a pastor's kid. And, um, taught me a lot though. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the benefits too of growing up in a pastor's home is you yeah. learn that it's not about you. Right. Real and quick. like, Real quick. <laughs> I mean, we, I think one of the things that really stands out to me is I remember dad always, we would be on family vacation and somebody would die Yeah. and always. he would have to leave early that's to go home. That's a thing with pastor families yeah. though. Like he would have to go home somebody, for a yeah. funeral or somebody was in the hospital. And not that that was a bad thing. Like, it was bad on my end as like right. a kid, like thinking, man, why does dad have to leave? Yes. Like now we're going to have to ride home with so-and-so or we're going to have to Cut it short. go home with him yeah. or he's going to have to drive and come back. And he did always do the hard thing of like, and my dad was a driver. He liked to drive. Mm-hmm. So like it was nothing for him to go home for a funeral and come back, even if it was like right. six hours home from the beach and six hours back to the <laughs> beach, you know. And but I do remember like thinking, oh, crap, we're gonna have to go home Mm -hmm. because so and so died or, you know, but it was also like, I think the older I got, the more I realized how much of a privilege it was that they, that people loved my dad enough to want them to be a part of their funerals and of their weddings and that kind of thing and loved our family enough. And I think it was just our nature. Like that was just something my dad really taught us was like, you show up. People are more important than yes. projects or yes. whatever. And it's not so that we weren't like 
he wasn't saying like that we weren't as important as what was going on, but right. it was important for us to be there for yes. people that were in our church and that kind of thing. And so, um, so, I mean, I guess that was my answer to the next question, but what lifelong lessons did you learn about ministry from your parents? Just noticing people. That's a big thing. My, my dad always, he attracts, he's like a magnet mm-hmm. anywhere he goes, the crazy, it just come out of the woodwork, you know? And uh, it's just a thing, like learning to have conversations with people, noticing mm-hmm. people, sharing Jesus in such a simple way. Um, that's one thing I've really just taken. Both of my parents are really big on witnessing, sharing the gospel with anybody and everybody. And just being able to grow up and seeing that it doesn't have to be this big thing, but it was just so simple. That's one thing I'm really grateful that I got to mm-hmm. learn from a young age is just noticing people and having a conversation and just like one time we were leaving daycare one time and I had a seal, a mama seal, a baby seal, and two blankets that had to go with me everywhere I went. And so okay. we were walking out of daycare and my dad was holding them. And I walked up to this lady and said, do you know that Jesus loves you? And supposedly she just started crying and my dad couldn't even see the lady, uh-huh. but it was, it was just such a cool moment for me to think that even at that young age, I felt like I could right. witness because they were witnessing. Right. And so that was something that I really, really, um, took away from my child. Like that was just like such a lesson. That well, I and I think your parents do a really good job too, of like even sharing the gospel without sharing the gospel. gospel Does yes. that make sense? Like, oh, yeah. um, and you do that as well. Like noticing people is a way to share Jesus with yeah, people what Jesus did. Um, because he would just recognize the, yes. the people that needed him. Yes. Um, they often didn't have to ask. I think that's really cool. We, in my class last year, we read the Gospels and really focused on Jesus' ministry. And um, one thing he really pointed out everywhere was like the faith of the people to yes. even ask or to to reach out and touch. But there are also instances where they didn't ask for his help. Mm. He just gave it. Right. Um, and so I think that is something uh, to take away from, you know, doing ministry is and watching ministry be done is it doesn't always have to be a tract or a plan of salvation yes. Yes. handed to people. Sometimes it can be as simple as, Hey, how are you today? Exactly. Um, or calling them by the name that's on their badge. Right. Them, right. Yes. That is something I noticed about your, your dad a lot is he'll like call people by their names, even if we're yeah. at a restaurant that we've never been to. Exactly. And, and I think that's something Michael has actually even picked up on too. Like he'll be like, yes, Andrea, it's nice to meet you, yeah. you know, or at Chick-fil-A or wherever <laughs> we might be at the moment. Always Chick-fil-A. Um, okay. Uh, so hard question, kind of, um, what did you wish people in the church would have known about you growing up? Like when you were younger, either in your teenage years or as a kid, or like, what's a, what's a thing that you always wish, like, why don't you people understand kind of thing? Um, it's a hard question. Yeah, it is. Um, because, um, I wish people in the church would have known about me growing up is that, I mean, I'm just as broken as the next person. I'm a pastor's kid. You know, a lot of times people put pastors on a pedestal. They pastors fall all the time. Mm -hmm. I've fallen. And so it's just these things where it's like, you have to realize that pastor's kids and pastors are just as normal. And that was always something really hard. I always felt like people put more pressure on me because it was like when I was dating, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Oh, well, she's, you know, a pastor's kid. I'm like, 
Yeah. So. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty messed up in bed. Like yeah. if anything, you should run, not run towards it. Right. And so, um, but that was something really hard, like growing up as people always thought, oh, well, pastor kid, oh, you're different. Oh, oh, even people that don't even, that aren't even Christians, they hear you're a pastor's kid and they go, oh, oh it's just, you're one of those. Yes. Yeah. And so for me, it's just like, and oh, and you're still serving the Lord. That's an even bigger oh. Right. because most people walk away. But for me, like that was always something I wish that people would have just saw me as like a normal, normal teenager. Right. Right. And let you be that teenager. Yes. Right. And, and let you mistakes. make mistakes. Yes. And I think I've told you this before, but like I had a, like my parents sat me down one night and said, Lauren, we've heard that you have the mouth of a sailor <laughs> and that you are cu cursing. And I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Because I didn't know any curse words. I mean, like I'm, I will be admit that I am not like I'm, I am ashamed, but I will admit that I do have more of a sailor's mouth now yeah, than I did then. But like, this was at a time, like we were living in a house where I could not have been, I, I had to have been less than eighth grade. Like, like I remember where we were yes. sitting when we had this conversation and I was definitely at least like in middle school. So fourth to eighth grade. And I knew no curse words. Yes. Therefore, I do not know how I would have known them. But apparently somebody told them that I was had a potty mouth and <laughs> I had no clue what they were talking about. No. And I was thankful, though, that they at least sat me down and asked yes. me first, like, what's going on instead of just believing them. Um, but even to this day, like you can tell it has scarred me because oh, I, have one of those I didn't yeah. know, like, I'm still trying to think how would that person have known had, why would they have said this? Like, what did I say that made them think that I had this body mouth? So, oh yeah. One time I wrote, um, I, there's a really awesome band called Striper, uh -huh. but I have a really hard time spelling and I put stripper oh, no. on my journal. <laughs> And they had uh, a bunch of people were concerned about the pastor's daughter because Having she stripper. wrote stripper all over her journal and they had to have a conversation with pastor Bob about it. Oh, I'm yeah. like, mm -hmm. and my dad's just sitting there and he's like, she can't spell. And he's like, it's okay. Stop bothering her. Leave her alone. Um, yeah, those are crazy. But yeah, I do agree. Like, I think sometimes like, and here is our advice. I think we could both say this for church members today. Like, remember that your pastor's children and your pastors are humans too. Yes. And they're going to make mistakes and they're going to yes. make you mad because they are not Jesus. Yes. Right? Like, you've got to realize that your relationship with your pastor is not the same thing as your relationship with Jesus. Yes. And I think that's why we've made it. Yes. Because I think our parents did a really good job reminding us that when the church hurts us. Yes. It's not God hurting us. It's see, and I would even take that a step sin. further. I'm really close to uh, you're very close to your, you were so close to your dad, right? And so close to your mom. Like you talk to your mom more than I talk to my mom, I think. And I think it's great. But my thing is, is like when people would hurt my parents, right? That was real. That was probably my hardest thing as mm -hmm. being a pastor. Oh, for was sure. When people would hurt my parents because then my parents would be nice to them and mm -hmm. I'm over here salty about it. Right. And so it's like. Oh, there are still people I'm salty about. Oh, me too. Oh. Like, especially when they comment on things on my Facebook and I'm like, hmm. Oh, you just got to unfriend I like that, no. but I'm not going to respond no. because you hurt my father and yeah. you hurt my feelings by hurting my father's feelings. And I had to deal with that aftermath and you did not. So, um, and boundaries as a pastor's right. kid just don't really exist. And so when you grow up, it's kind of hard learning how to do them too. Yeah, that is true because I do have a hard time with boundaries. I 
make friends really easily and tell you my life story the moment I meet you. And that's why my podcast is called Faith Without a Filter because I ain't got one. Um, and my mom would agree. Uh, hi, shout out to Karen. Um, okay. Uh, so um, do you have any advice for ministers kids today? Like how can we encourage pastors kids um, if they're listening to this or if they're somebody shares this with them or they know pastors kids um, what advice could we give them to keep clinging to the faith instead of running away from it? I would think like what advice I would want. That's like mm -hmm. whenever I read this question, I was like, oh, what do I wish someone would have told me? And I think I would have wanted someone to just say, make the mistakes. Okay. Doubt. And I know that doesn't sound like, oh no, but it's like, figure it out. Because being a pastor's kid, you know, it's kind of this thing where you grow up and it's like, you're told what to believe because you're at church more than you are at home. Right. You're all these different things. And so for me, it's like pastor's kids. It's like, figure out, figure it out. And I tell that to all the young people. It's like, mm -hmm. figure out your faith, but also like, figure out what your relationship with your parents looks like without the church, figure out your relationships and all these different, like take away that church life. Right. And if God's still not there, then it's going to go away. And so it's like, you got to strip all that away, but you know, and also like shout out to like past, like pastor's kids, but pastor parents, like pastors in general, mm -hmm. like your kids are such an asset to your ministry. And if I could give one piece of advice to pastors is allow your children to be in your ministry, not the slaves right. of the ministry, not the the examples of the ministry, but be the ones like they're going to be the ones that are really going to help you a lot in ministry. Right. I think that was one thing I really appreciate about my parents too, is like we did ministry together. Yes. Like we were the pastor, yes. like pastors of the church. Like um, when I would interview for ministry jobs, I'd be like, um, I've been in the ministry my entire life. Yes. Like I know what it's like on both sides. Like you're mm -hmm. not going to, like, yes, I've been hurt, but you're not going to scare me away. Right. Like, I know what this is like yeah. kind of thing. Um, and I think that was one of the greatest things my parents probably did. And our parents probably did for us is that it was our ministry. Mm -hmm. It wasn't exactly. like just my dad's job. Right. It was our family's ministry. Oh, yeah. um, and um, I think that gave us both a love for the church and a love for people yeah. um, even greater than it could have been. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, let, like, doesn't the scripture say like, work out your faith with fear and trembling? Like, yes. And I fear and tremble. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Like we have to be able to figure things out and not get everything right all the time. And, and maybe that's some advice for pastor parents too. like, let your kids make mistakes like in private. Yeah. Not like, in public. Don't, yes. don't let that be a story until a week later Jeez, or yeah. two weeks later, at least <laughs> my child is currently doing this and doubting in this. Be careful. No. Too soon. Yeah. Um, but in private, let them, uh, work those out. Yeah. Um, what about advice for church members wanting to love on or bless ministers, kids? Ooh. So I, um, specifically remember, um, missing out on a lot of minister kids retreats and stuff like that because people in the ministry don't make a lot of money and so a lot of the stuff made for pastors kids is very expensive right and so my thing was like there was a couple in the church that would take me and my brother out to go do something or my brothers um tom was older but um we'd go do something just love notice those kids ask how you can pray for them, but go have fun with them right like there's no better way to go and to figure out who someone is than to go bowling with them mm -hmm. because no one is like amazing at bowling except for my brother. But it's just this thing where it's like, 
doing something fun and laughing, like you're building a moment with a missionary mm-hmm. or with a pastor's kid or a missionary kid. And it's like, have that moment, create that bond. That's how, get to know them. Right. Like they're not, there's not something wrong with us. I mean, there is something yeah. very wrong yeah. with the pastor's there's kids. There's always something wrong always. with us. But it's, it's like, there's, make them feel more normal by noticing them and doing something normal. Hey, you know, that's what I yeah. would say is do something for them. And I think I would say the same, like, my best friends in high school were adult women that like loved on me and took care of me. And they were my like big sisters in the faith almost. And because I was, I was also an only child, so I didn't have siblings to just hang out with all all of a sudden, but like, um, don't assume that your pastor's kids don't need you because they've got you, they've got the pastor, right? Like they They still need more because they they, like need like (laughs) older sisters. Like I always crave like having, kids like look up to me as their big sister of the faith. Like I looked up to these women. Um, Now it doesn't mean that those people like that you can't make mistakes and like you don't need adult time and stuff. I learned that a lot now growing up, like looking back, I remember like being really mad at these people because they would sometimes want to hang out without us. And I didn't understand why I couldn't be a part (laughs) of the group. Like as a, even though I was 16 or 17, like, I loved hanging out with them. Like they were my best friends. And when they wanted to hang out with us without me and another girl, that was another like 17 year old person. I would be like, why do they have to hang out? Like, why do they want to do things by themselves? And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, okay, now I understand. Like you've got to have time with like people that are adults. And, and maybe that's my kid. My advice for pastors, kids is like, don't be upset when adults want to have adult time. Exactly. (laughs) Like, there are things that you will learn later that you need to have private time with people in your same season of life, Um, which I did not understand. But I also learned a lot from those people just being able to pour their lives out to me and have lunch with me and let me talk about all the things that I might not want to talk to to my mom and dad about at the time. I needed to run it by somebody before I I would still tell my mom and dad pretty much Mm -hmm. everything, but I liked having an older human that cared about me to run things by before. So that person for me, I'm going to name drop her. Okay. Was Lisa Hall. Okay. And so she's currently still a very, yes. (laughs) She's uh, our friend group. Yes. And so, but it's, um, she's been there. I used to call her in tears with stuff that I was walking through that I was not prepared to talk to my parents. Be that person for that pastor's kid. Don't force it because it's got to happen organically. I don't even know how it happened, but I could call Lisa when she would answer the phone, she wouldn't judge me. She'd pray for me, but she wouldn't, it wouldn't, she never talked to me a lot. We weren't, but she was my person right. that I would call if I needed something. So if your pastor's kid doesn't have that person, you can be that person, but don't force it. Like organically force right. it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think it's so crazy. One of mine was at Lisa too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. See? Um, and so I would call her Lily and I would be like, Lily, we really need to talk about this. Yeah. Like this boy or this, um, issue or this friendship is going crazy or um what do I do and they were so willing to just love on me and let me pour it out and they would pick it up and help clean it up if they needed to clean it up and they would help break it to my parents if there was something I needed to break Mm -hmm. to my parents or um you know it, it was just a good it was good to have somebody to like run it by. Yes. It wasn't your age because I don't know about you, but I would tell somebody something that was in like youth group or whatever at the time. And it would get back to the youth pastor of my dad. I'm like, right. What? I can't tell you things. And so you couldn't tell some things. Yeah. Um, okay. We need to kind of finish up. Um, last what, 
Um, what parts of growing up in the church are you going to take with you into your future family? Like, because you're a minister too. So we both kind of joined the family business, um, (laughs) in different capacities, but like what parts of growing up in ministry are you going to take with you into your future family? Something that I always admired about my parents and what they did and what I hope to do, um, with my future family is to trust my kids. My parents trusted me, which terrified me enough to, and I don't think they did it on purpose, but I remember doing things in my parents, like, especially my dad, he would be like, I trust you, Stephanie. And I'd be like, oh gosh, it was terrifying. Yeah. But then also like my parents never used like the Bible as um, weapon. a weapon or yeah. um, write out scripture discipline. as a discipline. Yeah. And so for me, my parents allowed me to fail and then, um, you know, would discipline me in the correct way. Like I remember one time my mom was giving me spankings mm-hmm. and she stopped halfway through And she was like, I'm going to take the rest of your spankings because that's what Jesus did on the cross for you. And so that was like a really good moment. It was so spiritual. And it was Mama Diane. Yes. And so she killed it. But like my parents never made me write out scripture. They never made me. And those are two things that I really want to take into my future family is with my kids is that, you know, you can fail and I trust you to make the right decisions and figure out your life. Yeah. Simple. I, I agree. I think that is really good. Really good. Um, and finally, like our last question, I'm still working on this final question business. Um, so how do you live out your faith without a filter? Without a filter? Well, currently it's being a little filtered right now. Yes. It's not filtered. Right. Um, just being broken and being honest in that brokenness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been something that I've worked through the past couple of years is just realizing that it's okay to not be okay, but it's okay to not stay in that place. Right. And to allow myself to be, be broken and allow God to fix me in that. Yeah. And so that's really where I'm at right now, even is just accepting that brokenness and still living life and not letting it just tie me down. Not let it overtake you. Overtake me. Yeah. Right. Not letting the brokenness overtake me. Right. And not staying yeah. there too long. Yeah. I think that is a good, good advice. Well, thank you so much for joining love Faith you, Without Lauren. a Filter. Um, I love you so much. And I want to say on the record that I would not be the same person I am today without your friendship. Ditto. So I love you. And uh, I don't know what I would do in Houston without you. I'd probably move to Alabama. Well, please don't. Um, so, I need you now. So we're here. We're here. But um, okay. Thanks so much. So I hope you enjoyed um, our second episode of Faith Without a Filter um, with Stephanie Dossett, all about surviving the pastor kid's life. Um, If you know of a pastor's kid or somebody whose kids are in the ministry and you want to share this episode with them, um, that would be great. Uh, I think they would really find some encouragement and some advice from it. Also, if you know of a pastor's kid that needs somebody to talk to as a big sister that's been there before, Um, we are both super willing and available to, uh, walk with your child through that. Um, whether either in person or over zoom or text message, um, because sometimes we just need a friend and a friend who's been there and somebody to, um, hold our hand through the hard stuff. So, uh, let us know. We love you. And, uh, I hope that you go and live your life without a filter today. Live out your faith without a filter.